Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to continue a Wednesday night series that we started last week. And if you weren't here last week, we started a series called, somebody help me out, My Blank is Not for Sale. And so what the thought behind this series is, is that when you are bought by the blood of Jesus, your life is no longer on the market. And so there's some things in your life that the enemy has no authority or power to steal once you have Jesus on the inside of you. And so what happens is that a lot of times it's not that the enemy steals it from us, but actually we just sell it away. And uh, the part one of the series was my joy is not for sale because we talked about how there are times when we just sell our joy away. Like we were were having joy, we're having a good day, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody takes our parking spot and then our joy is gone. You know, we we found that our joy is not for sale. It's not something that we have to give away. And so we're going to continue that thought. We're going to continue that series, and I'm excited for it. I just know that these Wednesday nights, it's really a gift. It's, a, it's an opportunity for us to go deeper with Jesus. It's a refresh service, and it's something that I love um, every week. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about the story of Joseph. Uh, the story of Joseph is probably um, one of, if not my favorite, um, story in the Bible. Um, and so we're going to talk about him tonight. So we're going to turn to uh, Genesis chapter 37. That's where we're going to start. Uh, Genesis chapter 37, verse 2 through 11. And this is going to, this is what we're going to read with our opening scripture. And so it says, this is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his his father's wives, Bilal and Zippah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Well, that was saying, long story short, Joseph was a tattletale, okay? You ever had that sibling who, like, their one goal in life was to get you in trouble? Y'all didn't have one of those siblings? I know, I, I, I used to, you know, I had one of those siblings. It was like, if I did something wrong, they were going to find out, and they were going to tell my parents. That's Joseph, okay? That's Joseph. He was telling all the wrong things that his brothers were doing. But it goes on in verse 3. It says, it said, Jacob loved Joseph more than any other of his children, because Joseph was had been born to him at an old age. So Joseph was the youngest, and who knows that the youngest child is usually the favorite child. I mean, I know, I can kind of test that in my life. I'm the youngest, I'm the younger one, and my, you know, older sisters always said, you know, you just get away with this because you're the youngest, you know. When I was your age, they didn't let me do that, they didn't let me do this. Um, and so Joseph is a, is, now we're seeing he's a tattletale, he's a snitch, and, and his, he's a He's his dad's favorite. But it goes on. It says, so one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. Okay, so at this point, Jacob, his dad, wasn't even trying to hide the fact that Joseph was his favorite. You know how you ask a parent if they have favorites and what do they say, right? No, I don't have favorites. I love everybody equally. You know, that's what my parents said. Jacob wasn't even playing around. He said, no, look, see, Joseph, he's my favorite. And if you don't even know it, other siblings, I'm going to put a robe on him that signifies how much I love him more than you. And what that robe also signified, that robe also told his brothers that I was going to be the one to inherit my my father's profit and the birthright. So basically, um, his brothers are just watching him and watching how much favor his dad is showing on him instead of them. And so you can see 
what is starting to be built when it gets to verse 4. It says, but his brothers hated Joseph because of their father's love for him and more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. One night, Joseph had a dream. When he told his brothers about it, they hated him even more than ever. He said, listen to this dream. He said, we were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be king, be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. I mean, we can, we're starting to relate to the older brothers here a little bit. Not only is, you know, Jacob's own extreme favoritism to him, not only is there like a legit robe around him showing it, but now Joseph, you know, the youngest kid is telling his brothers, hey, you know what, one day I'm going to be your boss and I'm going to rule over you. And if anybody's ever had a little sibling, that wouldn't fly, right? Like if, if your little sibling told you, hey, one day I'm going to be your boss, you'd be like, ah, psych, that's not going to happen. You know, not in a million years. And so they're getting more and more fed up with Joseph. Um, but again, it gets worse. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. So soon Joseph had another dream, and again, he told his brothers about it. He said, listen, I have had another dream. He said, the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed low before me. This time, he told the dream to his father as well to his brothers, but his father scolded him. He said, what kind of dream is that? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's um, message. Say, my confidence is not for sale. My confidence is not for sale. Let's pray over the service together. Father, we thank you that you have gathered us tonight under, under one accord, Father, for one reason, that's to grow closer to your son, to have your peace dwell up into our hearts even more, Father. So we give this service over to your spirit, Father. We thank you, God, that what you're doing in us and through us is, is going to be so powerful tonight that we don't have to leave this place the same person you walked in as, God. But we thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place tonight, Father. We thank you for the impossible becoming possible tonight, Father, because only by your spirit can you transform things? Can you make what was meant to be evil for good, God? So we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. And all the believers said, amen, amen, amen. Uh, so uh, we can start to understand why Joseph was so confident. All right. So Joseph is confident mainly because his father, his dad was sowing favoritism on him, was giving him special treatment, and so much so that he gave him a robe that signified how much he cared more about him than his siblings. And so his confidence is growing. And, and not only that, but Joseph was confident in a dream. He, he had a dream given to him, and he was confident in it. I mean, how many of us have ever been confident in a dream that was given to us, right? We're confident in a dream, and then all of a sudden life starts happening, and this once confident dream that we had now seems like a distant memory, like a distant lost thought. Um, so... What, as we begin to read the story of Joseph, and a lot of us know it, is that Joseph's life begins to take a turn right after this moment. And then his life begins to look like nothing or resembles nothing to how he dreamed it for, how God promised him for in the dream that he had. It looked nothing like that. As we begin to read, Joseph had, he had every reason to lose his confidence in his calling with the life to come. We're going to read about how he is betrayed. We're going we're gonna to read how he's thrown into prison. Uh, we're going to read how he's falsely accused. We're going to read about all those things. 
But yet it seemed that he was still able to find stability even through the storm, even through things that was taking him out. And he could have named a hundred reasons why he should have lost his confidence in his calling, but he didn't. It kind of reminds me of 2020. Because we can probably say a hundred different reasons why 2020 has threatened our confidence in ourselves. We can talk about all the things that's gone wrong. We can talk about all the things that's happened. I mean, come on, somebody who's no 2020 has been different. And we can name a hundred reasons why we shouldn't be confident in this season that we're going through. But that's why we're going to look at Joseph's lives. Because even through everything he went through, he still had confidence in who he was. And I believe that's a powerful thing. I believe that's a thing that God gives us. I believe that's a thing that the enemy can't take or has authority to take away from us. So that's what we're going to talk about is how did he maintain his confidence even when things got tough. So right after what we just read, it says that Joseph was asked by his father to go and look after his brothers, check on, on his brother's work. He was probably, Jacob was probably sending Joseph to go over there for him to find something wrong again and, and report back to him. And it, so it says that Joseph was on his way to check on his brothers, and his brothers saw him walking from a distance. And that's when they saw him walking from a distance. That hate they had for him started to rise up on the inside of him, and that hate turned into action. If there's something I can touch on real quickly, never let hate stay in your heart. Never let hate stay in your heart. Even if you think it's deserved, even if you think it's something that, that you need to hold on to, never let hate stay in your heart because one day that hate's going to turn into action and you're going to do something you never thought you were capable of doing. What, the, what the Joseph's brothers is about to do as we read in Genesis chapter 37, verse 23 through 25 says, Soon when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. So right away, you know, he ripped off the robe that his, his father gave him, you know, that he, they ripped off the robe that signified his identity, that signified his inheritance. They ripped it from him. I mean, have you ever been having a good day and you're thinking, feeling good about yourself, and then somebody says a negative comment about you, and all of a sudden it's gone? It's like it's just ripped from you. You know, you're, you're, you're feeling good about yourself, and then all of a sudden you look on a you know, Instagram comment, Facebook comment, or you just look at what's going on in the world and it seems like it's ripped from you. And it says in verse 24, then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. But then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming towards them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. And so it says in scriptures that his brothers would sell their own brother into slavery for 20 pieces of silver. And then it says that they made his disappearance look like an accident from a, from a, you know, a, a wolf or, or whatever to tell his dad. And, but what I take from that moment, if there's ever somebody or a group of people you should be able to trust that you should be able to be confident in, that you should be able to feel like you can be vulnerable with, it should be your family, right? Like it should be the people who you think knows you the best that you should be able to trust your dreams with. You see, sometimes the people who are toughest on you are usually the one who is closest to you. Um, so it says that he was betrayed, Joseph was betrayed by his own brothers. He was betrayed by the people who were supposed to protect him. He was backstabbed. He was, he was, took off his feet. He, something was done to him so cruel that he never saw it coming. 
But it said even when he was betrayed, Joseph still had confidence. He didn't lose his confidence. That's, that's the first point for tonight is that people can't take my confidence. People can't take my confidence. See, when your confidence is not based on people, people can't take it away from you. Because a lot of us, we can seem to lean toward basing our confidence on what people say about us, what people think about us, what people leave their comments on our, on our social media page. And we base our confidence on that, and we wonder why our confidence is up and down. Because just like Joseph learned, is that the moment he put his confidence in his brothers, he was betrayed. I just want to tell somebody in the house, if you put your confidence in people, people will betray you. People will fail you. People will come up short. And if you base your confidence on that, your confidence is going to come up short. I think what happens a lot of times with insecurities, how we get insecurities in our, in our life, is that we try to search for security in outside forces. We try to search for security in outside things in our lives instead of looking for security on the inside things of our life. We look for security from outside people instead of the inner man, instead of the person who knows us the best, instead of the person who knows what's best for us. Instead of finding security in him, we find security in people around us, and that's why our security can get faulty. But what if people were never meant to carry your confidence? What if the people around you, even your family, even the people, what if they, what if solely people weren't meant to carry your confidence? I believe that if for us to have confidence that doesn't fail, we have to put it on people who, on the person who will never fail us, the person who will never leave us, the person who will never forsake us. And as much as it is tempting to put our confidence solely on people, we have to make sure that we put it on the person, on the name above all names, right? On the name of Jesus. Because I've learned one thing is that Jesus will never betray me. I've learned one thing is that as much as I lean into God, as much as I depend on him, there's never been one time where he turned his back on me. And so I want to put my confidence on that. I don't want to put my confidence on people because I know one day, sooner or later, there's going to come a time where I'm going to lean on him and I'm going to ask things of people that they were never meant to carry. Right? There are some things that only God was meant to carry for you, and one of those things was confidence. We can't put our confidence in people. What happens a lot of times is what, what we try to be, we try to be people pleasers. Is there any people pleasers in the house? You know, you try to please every single person around you, and as many times as you try to please people around you, it always seems to be one or two people you didn't please. Like as much as you try, as much as you try to, to fit everybody's criteria, as much as you try to make everybody's opinions of you feel good about yourself, as much as you try that, it seems like you always come up short. I believe that's the greatest insecurity we have is that we, we try to become people pleasers and we try to focus on pleasing everybody. But if there's a lesson you haven't learned yet is that you can never please everybody in your life. There will always be times, you, even if you try your hardest and you make that your life goal is to please every single person in your life, you will never accomplish it. So what if instead of trying to please everybody, we just have pleased one person? What if in trying to please all these people around us, we please the one person who resides on the inside of us? So that's when Joseph was finding his confidence because he wasn't focused on pleasing his brothers now, I even focus on pleasing his parents. He said, you know what? Life might be crazy. The people around me might be all over the place, but I know there's one person who will never fail me. And that's the lesson he learned in that moment is that I'm going to put my confidence on a name above all names. 
not on the hundred names around me, but the name above all names, the name of Jesus. Come on, if you agree with me tonight, let's put our confidence in the name of Jesus. Because if you base your confidence on people, your confidence is going to collapse sooner or later. If you keep on basing your confidence on opinions of men, on, on things what people say about you, your confidence is going to collapse. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 1 through 4, it reads this. It says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant, and he put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. So Joseph, I don't, I don't think I even have to explain to y'all how bad it was for Joseph. Joseph is a slave, okay? He's at the lowest of society. There's nobody jealous of, of, of Joseph's title right now. There's nobody around Joseph. He said, he said, oh, man, I wish I was in Joseph's shoes. Joseph was at the lowest of low society. He's being cast down. He's a slave. He's being treated like a material thing. He's been treated like he has no identity, and yet he still has confidence. He still has his confidence. That's point number two is that positions can't take my confidence. Positions can't take my confidence. You can't place your confidence in a job. You can't place your confidence in your occupation. You can't place your, your confidence in a title because who knows those things can fade just like that. If your confidence is in positions, you can lose your job. If your confidence is in a title, you can't be demoted. And when things like that happen in your life, you can take a look and say, why is my confidence going up and down? And you realize you're basing your confidence on wherever you're positioned. Joseph was a slave. Joseph was at the lowest low of society, but he still had confidence. So what if we don't base our confidence on a job, instead we base it on Jesus? Not based on, on the things we're doing, but the, based on the person we're doing it for. See, if you base your confidence on that, it won't matter if you're a CEO or a minimum wage worker, you will still have the same confidence. It won't matter if you have a three-figure or six-figure job, you will still have the same confidence. See, if your confidence is, is, is in position, those things can change, but who knows that God never changes. If you put your position in jobs and titles, those things can go up and down, but who knows God is constant. So if you want consistent confidence, don't put your confidence in positions. Don't tie what you do to your self-worth. Don't tie your job to how much you think you are important. See, Joseph was a slave. He, he had no identity, yet he still had confidence. Because his confidence wasn't where he was positioned. His confidence wasn't, wasn't just based on whatever he was doing. His confidence was deeper than that. Come on, church. We've got to have confidence that goes deeper than the surface level. I gotta have confidence that is able to go through things, that to shake off things, that is able to go even deeper to the place where God wants us to place it in. Because if we can do and place our confidence like that, our confidence will never be shaken. We can go through moments, we can go through places, we can have titles, we can have positions, but if we place our confidence on God, our confidence will be consistent. But if you place your confidence, like I said, in positions, it can go up and down. But Joseph had confidence even in that low place. But even when he was in the small things, he was, he was a slave. Even when he had even the smallest of responsibility, he still had confidence. And I believe because he had confidence in the small, 
he was able to then be blessed with the big, right? He was confident in the, in the small occupation. He was confident in the lowest of the lows. And because he was confident in that, God was able to place more responsibility on him. So a lot of us, we need to make sure that even in the low things, even in the things that we think is below us, even in the things that we think we're overqualified for, if you still walk in confidence in those things, that's when God can elevate your position. So it says, after 11 years, a long time, after 11 years of working for Potiphar, after 11 years of having that position, that position was taken away just like that. We know the story. Potiphar's wife accused him of, of something false, and, and Potiphar believed his wife and threw Joseph into prison. So just when he thought it was getting good or just when he thought it couldn't get any worse, things got worse. And this happens in Genesis chapter 39, verse 20 through 23. It says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord with him, he showed him kindness and grant, granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. So again, Joseph, is, he went from being a slave to be in Potiphar's house to where he thought things couldn't get any worse, and now he's in prison for something that he didn't even do for something that wasn't even justified. He's in the lowest space of his life, and still what? He still had confidence. He was in the worst moment of his life, and yet he still had confidence. That's point three for tonight. Even prisons can't take my confidence. Even prisons can't take my confidence. Even in the low seasons of your life, you can still have confidence. Even in 2020, you can still have confidence. Even in the moments when you feel like this is unfair, you feel like this isn't your fault, when you think you don't deserve this, you can still have confidence in those seasons. You see, if we base our strength of our confidence just on the stage of life that we're in, if life is good, then our confidence is good. If life is bad, then our confidence is bad. If we do that, who knows we're going to be up and down. Life's going to be an emotional roller coaster. You're going to be moody one day and find the next because things are going great. Things are going good. But as soon as things go bad, all of a sudden your confidence flips. Your mood gets turn, turned upside down. And now you're all over the place. And it seems wherever life goes, your confidence follows. But it says after all of that, after all what Joseph went through, he still had confidence even in the prison. And here's what's awesome about what, what Joseph did. He took it a step further. Even in prison, even in the lowest of the lows, he still exercised his calling. He still had confidence in his calling. Who knows, if we would have gone through what Joseph went through, we would have totally forgot about all the promises of God. Because sometimes we read the Bible, and we read it from like a like in your third-person point of view and say, don't worry, Joseph, things are about to get good. You're right. You're reading like in like a few years, you're going to, you know, this is going to happen. You're going to be elevated to the palace. Joseph has no idea this is going to happen. All he knows is that God promised him the palace and right now he's in prison. He doesn't know he's going to make it out. He doesn't know there's an end. He doesn't know. He's not looking. He doesn't know the story of Joseph because he's living it. But yet he still had confidence in his calling and he exercised that calling. So what, what I'm taking from that is that even in the low seasons of life, you can still use it. 
Even in a season of 2020, you can still exercise your gifts. You can still exercise your passions. You can still follow your purpose even in the low seasons of your life. Even in 2020, you can still get better. Even in the seasons that you never thought you would find yourself, you can still exercise your calling. You see, because what happens is that the, the prison and the palace, they were connected. What Joseph did in the prison determined how he was going to get to the palace. What Joseph did because he exercised his calling, and we and know the story, the butler and the baker, they had dreams, and Joseph said, hey, I can do this. And so he exercised his calling. He actually really, if you looked into it, he really stepped into his calling. He didn't really know that was his calling yet until he got to the prison. He had dreams he never interpreted before. But until he got to the lowest of the lows, he was able to do something he never thought he could do. And because if he did that in the lowest season of his life, that was connected to him getting to the palace. That was connected to get him to the, to the highest position that God was going to elevate him. So what I take from this is when people talk to me about the low seasons in their life and they say, Caleb, what do I do? I say with one thing, don't waste it. Don't waste that season that you think is low. Don't waste that season that you think is over, that's not worth it. Don't waste it. Because that see, what you do in that slow season that you think, that's what's going to determine what you get to the next. And what you do now, what you do here, is going to elevate you to what you get when you get there. And so don't waste whatever season you find yourself in. Even if you think, Caleb, you don't understand, it's deeper than 2020. I find myself in a, in a prison I never thought I could be. I'm in the lowest spot in my life I, I could ever be. I'm, I don't know how I can have confidence in this moment. But what you do there, I'm telling church family, is what's going to get you out of there. What you do right now, what you do in the, in the seasons, in the lowest seasons of your life, that's what's going to build your confidence. That's what's going to create your calling. And again, what, what I think is so cool is that Joseph didn't even realize or exercise his calling until he got to the prison. Sometimes it takes the lowest of the low moments to bring out the biggest things on the inside of you. I think it's from the scripture, right? It says, where I am weak, he is strong. Sometimes we got to get to the weak places to find our strengths. Sometimes we got to get to the weak places in life to realize, hey, I can't do this on my own. I've realized I really don't have it all, all under control. I've realized there are some things I need to give up. There's some things I need to get out. There are some things I need to cut off. It takes getting to that low seasons to realize what's going to be required of you to get to that next season. And that's what Joseph realized. And I'm closing tonight, church, so you can stand with me. I'm closing this, with this scripture. It's, it's in Genesis chapter 41. Verse 37 through 40 said, Joseph's, so Joseph was, again, he told the, the dream, interpreted dreams of the, of the butler, and that's what enabled him to then be connected with the Pharaoh. And, and because of that, the, the, when the Pharaoh had a dream, the, the butler was, was able to say, hey, there was a guy in prison. There was a guy who, who, who I knew in, in the lowest of times, and he, he interpreted my dream. I bet he can interpret yours. And Joseph interpreted that dream. And this is the response he gets from Pharaoh in, in verse 37 through 40. He said, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh. And his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? 
Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court, and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on the throne, will rank higher than yours. If there is a reoccurring theme, and this is where I think Joseph got his confidence from, because in the scriptures that we read leading up to this moment, when it said he was betrayed by his brothers, when it said that he was sold into slavery, when it says that he was in Potiphar's house and in the prison, every time it said it was that Joseph was sold into slavery and put in Potiphar's house, but the Lord was with them. It says, but the Lord was with them. Then it says, Joseph was cast into prison, but the Lord was with him, and he was successful, and he was able to do things beyond his expectations, even in the lowest seasons. So everywhere life went, everywhere life took him, Jesus, the Lord, was with him as well. And that's the closing thought for tonight. Joseph's confidence was consistent because it was based on the Lord, not his life. It was based what was on inside of him, not what was around him. If we are going to have confidence even through 2020, if we're going to have confidence even when things get hard, when things get tough, it can't be based on the things around us. It can't be based on the people. It can't be based on our positions. It can't be based on the stage of life we are at. If we are going to be confident in every moment, we have to put that confidence in Jesus. See, the experiences he had in Potiphar's house, the experiences he had in prison, that all got him ready for the moment he had when he got to the palace in Egypt. That all got him for that moment. And I think how that builds confidence is that Joseph was able to look back and the, and the next time he encountered a moment, see when he was took on that responsibility of leading Egypt, there, there was a problem. The, the problem was that there was a famine coming and he sees it and he's trying to figure out how to fix that problem. And he had confidence to step in that problem because Joseph looked back and he said, well, wait, I was, put, I was thrown into a pit and that didn't take me out. I was sold into slavery and I'm still here standing. I was thrown into prison unsuccessfully, unfalsely, and I'm still here. So if those things didn't take me out, then this thing in front of me won't take me out either. And that's how we build confidence in ourselves is we don't let the things around us break or tear down our confidence, but we can let it strengthen our confidence. See, Joseph's, if we go back to the story, Joseph's confidence, it came from his father. That's where he got his confidence from. Jacob showed favoritism on Joseph, and he wrapped him in a, in a robe, signifying his identity and I can see that as a, as a picture of Christ because when we're a child of God, you're going to have God's favor on your life. And when you're a child of God, God will wrap you in a robe of righteousness, it says, that you will know your identity. And anytime he went through whatever storm he was going through, he was reminded of where his confidence came. And he said, my confidence didn't come from people, it didn't come from positions, and if it didn't come from people, people can't take my confidence. If it doesn't come from my position, then a position can't take my confidence. If my confidence didn't come from a, from, a, from the prisons or stages of life, then my stage of life can't take my confidence, because if my confidence comes from the Father, if it comes from the person who knows me the best, 
then my confidence can't be taken away because they have no authority over it. So turn to your neighbor and say, my confidence is not for sale. My confidence is not for sale. I just want to sing a couple of songs tonight and be reminded of who we are in Christ because the more we know our identity, the more confidence we can to walk it out. The more we know our purposes, the more we know the promises of God in our life, the more we can walk it out. So let's sing a song tonight because I want us to get our confidence back. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to get my confidence back. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.